today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. going to continue in our study of the book of Romans tonight, Romans chapter 1. Move down, if you will, to verse 26. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Paul used the term there for this cause. Now, when you go back up to verse 21, it tells us what that cause is. It's because man knows in his heart that there's a God. And, you know, the the evidence is, is overwhelming. Science is proving more and more as we go along that there has to be a God. But man refuses to recognize that there's a God. He refuses to glorify God as God, because when you get right down to it, man wants to continue on in his sin. If you will, go to John chapter 3. John 3, verse 19. Jesus had this to say about it. This is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, And men love darkness rather than light. Look at that. The light, the education, the knowledge is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. All right, go back, if you will, to Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Paul said there in verse 21 of Romans chapter 1, neither were they thankful. They were not thankful for what God had provided as it pertains to salvation. God has provided a way for mankind to have forgiveness of sin and to have relationship with God, and they've rejected that. They rather hate the light, as Jesus said, because their deeds are evil. If you'll move down to verse 25 there in Romans chapter 1, Paul said that they changed the truth of God into a lie. They changed God and made up their own God. And therefore, God gave them up. Now, you'll see that phrase used about three different times here in this chapter. Uh, Verse 24, 
verse 26, verse 28. Therefore God gave them up, or God gave them over, turned them over, whatever the case. Now, this does not mean that God gives up on them and they cannot get saved. Understand this, as long as a person um, is living, God will deal with them. God is gracious and merciful. He'll keep dealing with that individual to get saved as long as they're alive. So what exactly does this mean? God gave them up. God gave them up, if you'll notice, to uncleanness and then to their own vile affections. Now, you have to understand something here. There is a restraining force in the heart of the human being. It is the moral code of God that God has written on the consciousness of man. And we looked at it in chapter 2 a couple of times and just basically summarizing it here in my own words, when you got people out here in the world that don't know God and they don't know the Bible, and they're just doing by nature things that are contained in the Bible, that shows the signature of God upon the soul of man. It is the moral code of God that he's written within the heart of man. And that is the restraining force that's upon the human being. But once a person bucks up against that and they continue to go against it, the heart gets hardened. And they come to the place that they sin and don't even think about it anymore. How many people, how many of you know of people that just do things and don't even think twice about it? I was talking with someone the other day, and they said, I don't know if I'd be around that person with a storm coming up or not. A lightning might strike them. But um, there, there's people that, that it's almost as if though their conscience has been seared with, with a hot iron, the Scripture says. But at any rate, that restraining force is removed. If a person rejects God... God is not going to violate that person's free will of choice. If that person rejects God, God's going to get out of the way. And you have to understand something. We are a temple. This body is a temple. One or two things is going to reside within our temple. It's either going to be righteousness or unrighteousness. The default position is unrighteousness. We're all born in sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So unrighteousness is there. And if, if the righteousness of God is not allowed within the temple, then automatically you're going to have unrighteousness uh, that's there. Now, like I said, when a person rejects God, God gets out of the way. And that person falls deeper and faster into sin. All right, let's look at the subject of homosexuality. And we touched on it a little bit last week. People say that homosexuality and lesbianism is just another alternate lifestyle. It's become uh, acceptable today. 
uh, laws have been passed to where same-sex marriage is acceptable now. And they can pass all the laws they want, but the Word of God still stands. And this is what they're going to be judged by. The Holy Spirit used the terms uncleanness and vile affections. You can see those words being used here in this chapter. He also said that it is against nature and that it is not natural. Let's take a look at verse 26 once again. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. God created a man to be a man. He created a woman to be a woman. A man has his function as it pertains to procreation. A woman has her function as it pertains to procreation. And that is within the confines of a marriage. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. In the very beginning, he created them both male and female. And that's what God put together. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And that's how God feels about homosexuality. Uh, the Bible also says they burned in their lust one toward another. It's like a building on fire and no restraint. There's nothing there to put out the fire. It, it keeps right on burning until the building is reduced down to ashes, completely destroyed. And that's what sin will do. It will completely drag you down and totally wreck you if God does not step in. But God's not going to step in until, of course, we allow him to step in and we ask him into our hearts and lives. He'll put out that fire of lust. They burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Now, the word unseemly means to be disfigured and deformed. Today, Hollywood glorifies homosexuality. You can't look at a television program now without it being in your face and being pushed down your throat. And have you noticed a lot of times it doesn't come out to the end of the show that this person was a homosexual or whatever, but you can tell from the very beginning, from the time they step in front of the camera, they're homosexual. Their demeanor, the, the way they look, the way they act, their whole appearance, everything about them just has that um, persona, I guess, uh, about them. It's disfigured. It's deformed from what God originally created, from what God intended for a man to be, what he intended for a woman to be. That's what the word unseemly means. They become what they do. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. The word recompense means to reward in compensation or reward given in compensation. In other words, their sin pays them back for what they've done. Pays them back for their error. And I want you to notice that. The Holy Spirit called it 
error. That's how he addresses homosexuality as being error, as being wrong. A lot of people today would say, Brother James, when you make these comments and you say these things, you are hating people. The Holy Spirit said these things. The Holy Spirit called it unclean. The Holy Spirit called it vile affections. The Holy Spirit called it error. So I'm just going by what the Bible says. But we're living in a society now, if you say anything at all, against gays and and anything of that nature, you're put in a class of hating people. Well, let me ask you this. When the average life expectancy of a heterosexual male is 75 and the life expectancy of a homosexual male is 42, and you warn them about it, is that hate? If a tree falls down across the road out here and someone don't know about it and it's foggy and you do something to try to stop them from running into the tree and getting killed, you're not hating that individual. You're, you're showing love to that person. Now, you should not, as a Christian, say anything in a negative way or derogatory toward a homosexual the holy spirit loves the person but hates the sin and this is where christians have uh, a little bit of trouble if you're not careful you'll find yourself hating the individual and you'll have to ask the lord to help you with that to be able to hate the sin and love the sinner. God loves us, but he hates our sin. And we have to put that distinction there and ask the Lord to help us with that. All right, Romans 1 verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Uh, The they that is being referred to here is not just referring to homosexuals and lesbians, but it's referring to anybody that rejects God. They do not like to retain God in their knowledge. It's as if, though, God's been put on trial, and they have disapproved of God. We don't want God. That's pretty much what America has done. We don't want God. We do not want the Ten Commandments in the courtrooms. We do not want prayer in the public schools. We uh, don't want the Bible read anywhere in public. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. At Christmas time, you can't have uh, manger scenes put up. America is going down this road today. We do not want to retain God in our knowledge. I mean, there's people in an uproar now about uh, in God we trust being on the money. One nation under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. These God-haters if you will. They want God out of everything. They do not want to retain God in their knowledge. And it's 
the, the problem with our public schools today. There was a shooting some time ago, and it's, it's almost become commonplace now. I mean, you can't turn on the news without hearing about a shooting somewhere or a shooting at school. And someone asked the question, well, where was God in all of this? Why didn't God stop this thing from taking place? Well, God has just done exactly what we've asked him to do. God is a gentleman. He is not going to force his way. When God is rejected, he will step out of the way, and that's exactly what he's done in the public schools. He stepped out of the way, and that's why you have the problems that you have. And education without God is no education at all. The Bible says he turned them over to a reprobate mind. That's a mind that don't work right. That's a mind that don't think right. That's a mind that don't know right from wrong. That's what we got running the country today. Minds that don't know right from wrong. Minds that keep making stupid decisions. And, and now they're saying it's all right for a man to go in a woman's bathroom. I mean, that's, that's the craziest thing. I mean, you ought to, you, that, that shouldn't even be discussed. But that seems to be the, the big issue nowadays. But that, that's where we are now. It's because of years and years of education without God. God turned them over to a reprobate mind and to do those things which are not convenient or not fitting to be done. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. I mentioned that just a few minutes ago. We're the temple, supposed to be the temple of God. But evil resides within our hearts until the Lord comes in and we invite him in. The temple can either be a place of righteousness or unrighteousness. And when God is rejected, unrighteousness automatically comes in and and takes up the place. It's like a, a house that's been left off in the woods somewhere and there's, it's not received any attention at all. If, if left alone, uh, the trees and the grass will just grow up over the place and, and uh, uh, wildlife will eventually get in there. It'll be full of snakes and spiders and creepy crawlies and, and everything else because there's nothing else in the house. And I think we touched on that last week about uh, demon spirit being cast out of a man. He walks about in dry places and he comes back and sees that the house has been cleaned and garnished and there's nothing there taking up residence. So he goes out and gets seven more worse than himself. And the latter state of the man is worse than the first. Uh, that's a person that tries to turn over a new leaf, that tries to clean up their act without God. And Jesus said, you've cleaned uh, the outside of the tomb, but the inside's full of dead man's bones. Uh, man's problem is a heart problem. The problem has to be addressed inwardly. You get the inside straightened out, the outside will follow. Somebody told me a long time ago, Brother James, if you'll catch them, God will clean them. And that's, that, that's all we have to do. You preach the word, the Holy Spirit will take it from there. He'll deal with that person, and uh, once they get saved, God will clean them up. God will, will, will work on them, get them where they need to be. Now, we're going to look at some words here 
in these next couple of verses. Verse 29 uh, mentions the word unrighteousness. That means unjust, that which ought not to be, that which is wrong. It's 180 degree opposite of the righteousness of God. And like I said, when the righteousness of God is rejected, there's an automatic unrighteousness that comes in and takes over. And this is, this is what takes the place. If you want to know why the world is in the mess it's in, all you got to do is read the first chapter of Romans. Men have rejected God, and this is what comes in and takes over. All right, take a look at the word fornication. The Greek word for fornication is pornea. That's where we get our English word pornography comes from. And uh, it means unlawful sex sins of single and married people. It includes sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, and pedophilia. Wickedness is the next word that's used. Lawless, unprincipled, not in conformity to acceptable custom, a criminal. I heard something the other day. We've got so many people breaking the law now, they ain't got enough prisons to hold all the people. Uh, this is a problem they've had for years. Covetousness. Greedy in materialistic things. And intense lust for things. People just can't get enough. People just can't get enough money. They can't be satisfied. Maliciousness. Not only just doing evil things, but just being evil. They some evil, wicked, ungodly people in this world. Envy. A jealousy which makes war upon the good it sees in another. Murder means to kill somebody else, but also has this connotation to it. When you gossip about somebody else, you're murdering that person's reputation. Outside of Facebook, the church kills more people than anything else. That mouth cuts up people, spits them out. That person actually turns their life around and gets right. People won't listen to them because their reputation has been slandered in whatever the case. Debate. That's something that's going on a lot today. We're debating over a bunch of stuff that really shouldn't even be an issue. It means strife, contention, arguing, and fighting. Deceit means to deceive or seduce into error. Lying. Politicians. Got a lot of that going on. Malignity. Taking everything with an evil connotation and giving a malicious interpretation to the actions of others. A nature which is evil and makes one suspect evil in others. Everything in the world today has got to do with race. Have you noticed it? You can't say anything 
If you say anything about the president, they automatically pull out the race card. Oh, you just don't like black people. It ain't got a thing to do with whether you're black or white. It ain't got a thing to do with it. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And the same thing goes with homosexuals. If you say anything about that, you're hating people. Whispers is the next word in line. A secret slanderer, an accuser, a backbiter. Verse 30 begins with the word backbiter. Means evil speaking, railing, defamation, accusation, gossip again. Haters of God. Hatred toward God and a condemning of sacred things. Atheists fall into that category. Despiteful means to be cruel, mean, nasty, and hateful to others. Proud means to be exalted, elated, to glory in self, to display or strut self before others, undue sense of superiority, unnatural self-esteem, Arrogance, that's proud. Boasters, bragging about things that one does not possess. Now, when I saw that definition, I had to read it again. Because a lot of times people brag about things that they have. But the actual definition of it is bragging about things that one does not possess. The next word is inventors of evil things, means to originate wicked, immoral, sinful customs, rites, and fashions. Entertainment is rooted in base immorality. That's inventors of evil things. Like I said a while ago, Hollywood today glorifies homosexuality. You can't watch anything anymore without that trash being there in front of your face. Disobedient to parents means being disobedient to authority. It doesn't necessarily have to be to parents. Have you noticed within the past year or so, the news media has made this big deal out of police officers beating up people and using so-called excessive force. They're giving people the idea that this is happening all the time. And they're making the people that have committed the crime look like the victim in all of this. It's like this. If the man had the marijuana and the gun and he didn't stop and the man told him to stop and he turned around with the gun in his hand, what would you do? Somebody's going down and it ain't going to be me. But, you know, the news media gets a hold of this and they blow it all over and then, and then they get this group over here all stirred up and it becomes a race thing or it becomes a gay thing or it becomes, it's always got to be a thing and, and, and they're always against those in authority, making the police force look bad. Not all police officers are bad. Okay, but that's being promoted so much over the news here lately, nobody wants to trust the police anymore. And I'm not saying the police are, are, are angels. You've got some out there that abuse the system, but it's not 
like the news media is promoting and, and, and putting it forth. It's being disobedient to parents and promoting disobedience to parents, which, like I said, it's a disobedience to authority when you get down to it. Without understanding is the next word. To be ignorant and foolish, making dumb decisions. Without understanding. That says a lot, don't it? We got a lot of people making dumb decisions nowadays. Covenant breakers. A breaker of a covenant or agreement. Faithless. A person that you can't depend on. How many of you know somebody you can't depend on? A covenant breaker. Without natural affection. Not only refers to same-sex partners, but when anything is placed as being more important than a human being, that's unnatural affection. There's a commercial that comes on, and they got the dogs up there, and they're wanting to save, save the animals. And that's fine. I know there's animals out here that get abused in whatever the case. But when you've got little children over here starving to death, which is more important, the human being or the animal? But when you come from a teaching years and years of evolution that man is little more than an animal, then you see how we're kind of on the same Level, or at least as to thinking. Implacable. A person who, being at war, refuses to lay aside his hatred and won't listen to the terms of reconciliation. Unforgiveness. That's what being implacable means. I will not forgive that person. I'm going to have my revenge in whatever the case. Unmerciful, without mercy. No compassion. Let's go to verse 32 and we'll wrap it up tonight. Romans 1 verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Who knowing the judgment of God. People know that what they're doing is wrong. They're just hell-bent, they're going to do it anyway. You got people out here, they know that drinking alcohol and doing these drugs, they know that it's going to drag them down. They know they're going to, their life is going to be wrecked, but they do it anyway. They which commit such things are worthy of death, they know they're going to hell. They know it, but they will not change. They're going to keep on doing what they're doing, and they're going to take pleasure in those that do it. There's an old saying that says, birds of a feather flock together. If you want to know why the world is in the mess it's in, read the first chapter of Romans.
If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.